Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast, a podcast created to share the stories of everyday people doing positive things in communities of color, all while sipping on a glass of wine. In this episode, I get the opportunity to sit down with my friend Cindy Kanek, also known as the Mommy Goddess. She is a soul coach passionate about healing and activating other souls to start living from their soul's truth. She uses her gift of seeing, reading, and shifting energy in her practice through various methods. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. You see, Cindy recently has gone through some changes in her life. She was let go of her job of 11 years the week of Thanksgiving. So we get to talk to her about what it's like to be a single mom of three boys and making such a drastic life change and being able to pivot that into something more positive and something you're more passionate about. I do need to let those with young children know that when Cindy talks about her childhood, there is sexual content, so you may not want to have young children around. So grab your glass of wine, if you're able to, of course, and join us for the chisme. Hola, mi gente. Welcome to this episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast. Today, I have my friend, Cindy Canet. Hi, Cindy. Hola. I'm so happy you're here. I can't wait to dive in and get into the chisme of everything. Uh, before we get into the chisme, we got to get to the wine, right? Mm-hmm. So tonight, Cindy and I are having a Campo Viejo Rioja. It's a reserve from 2014. So I have you've been you've been having some sips. How is it oh so my, far? Oh my god, I'm almost done with it. This thing is it's really good. What kind is it? It's Campo Viejo. But what is it? It's like a Rioja. Ca- no, it's a Rioja. Oh, oh, I it's a Spanish know. wine. What? Girl. I'm learning something new today. It's a Spanish wine. Oh, you've never had it. I've never had a Rioja. Okay, well, see, this is why we do the wine and cheese. I'm crossing my leg right now. This is how serious it is. I crossed my leg. <laughs> I'm on my wine and cheese pose over here. There you go. I will get a photo of the wine and cheese uh, pose, I promise. But that's what we're about. We're about the wine, and now we're going to dive into the cheese uh, because, well, that's what we do at Wine and Cheese right? So, Cindy and I have been friends. We actually met, um, I think, in October, September, October, I think. Oh, yes, it was the, the event that Pam, Pam had, the yes. something after dark. Uh, it was Pleasure After Dark. Yes. <laughs> uh, and if you are a pa- podcast listener, then uh, you also need to go follow at Café Con Pam podcast. And she is just a very wonderful person, and it was her event. So 
uh, Cindy and I met there. And, you know, sometimes you just have a connection with somebody. And that's what I had with Cindy. So I wanted to bring her on because I wanted to talk about some stuff that I think so many people can relate to. But before we get into all of that, uh, Cindy is here. She's in my space from L.A. She is originally from West L.A., lives in Redondo Beach. She's a single mother of three boys. My my sister is a single mother. Oh, not single. She's a mother of four boys. And so I can't, I know she has a husband, but dang, now the single mother of three. Um, So we're going to just kind of go into it. So Cindy, tell me just a little bit about how you grew up, what your parent, like how was your family dynamic growing up? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I grew up in a very non-traditional, and I think, let me just say that a lot, I feel like a lot of us have gone, have been in this environment. And um, it was a very non-traditional, very traumatic, very um, experience. Um, If you look back, I grew up with seeing a lot of things that I shouldn't have seen (laughs) growing up. My parents divorced at a very young age. And then I... I was kind of bouncing around a lot, moving a lot uh, in my lifetime with like with your family, with my family. Yeah, because uh, my mom, when we moved out of our home around six or seven, um, we ended up going to the hood because that's all she could afford. So we moved into the hood. It was in West L.A. It was kind of what it is. What's it's mid city right now. It's not mid city. It's It's way different now than it was 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. It was like gang infested. <laughs> Nadisiocho, Smiley Street, all of that. So I grew up in that neighborhood um, for a while when, when through my teen years. And then I moved back when I was like in middle school, moved back to West LA and went to Ponce Middle School and Hamilton High School. And um, so I that was kind of like my my life. It was very, it wasn't that white picket fence. It wasn't yeah. settled. Never. Always- I was always kind of just like very gypsy. And I think that's very part of my nature now, too. And um, even now, I'm very rooted where I'm at, which feels really odd. And to be honest with you, I'm itching. I'm itching to, I always talk about, I can't wait for my kids to, you know, go to college and move on because I'm ready to move. I'm not meant to be rooted. Like, that's just in my energy. I'm not meant to be rooted for. I guess, I mean, that was a seed that was planted when you were little. Absolutely. So that was kind of my my way of growing up. It was very non-traditional, very, um, I made my own, I made my own safety through school and the arts and music and dancing. I always used to do, I used to join anything dancing, you know, like they'll have those talent shows. (laughs) I did that. So that was kind of my root. My root was the arts. That was what kept me rooted in, in my feeling, feeling safe. So with a non-traditional background like that, and I'm sure so many people can relate, what were there expectations that your parents had on you? Or like, were you one of many children? Were you a, a few? And and what type of expectations did your parents have? Or, or did they have any expectations of you growing up? So that's a very great question because I, you know what? Like I, I do so many podcasts. I'm, I, I don't want to say I do so many. I've been, I've been interviewed for podcasts or things with my friends and, they never have touched on my foundation. Really? Never. I've never talked about this in my life. So this is kind of like very exclusive. I've never talked about my childhood. 
Oh my god! So you're making me think about a lot of things that I haven't thought about, which is awesome. Which makes is awesome. me so excited. I don't want it to be a traumatic experience. No. That's why we have wine. <laughs> Give me some more wine, please. <laughs> yes, you can have more wine. When we talk about childhood, I think sometimes that's needed. <laughs> there you go. No, it's not traumatic. I think I'm in a really good space in my life now to be able to look back. And I think it's, it's I, I believe, in divine timing. So... I'm in a really interesting phase in my life, transitioning, and it's a great space to be looking back at where I come from because at the end of the day, it has made me who the fuck I am. Oh, you can cuss. Don't I can worry. cuss. Okay, yeah, you good. can cuss. And I haven't really had that much wine. I just cuss all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to like, did your, yeah, did your parents have like, well, first of all, how many siblings do you have? Mm, it's a hot mess. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's a hot mess because, okay, so dad and mom got married and the, you know, original family marriage is just me and my brother. So Mm -hmm. I'm the oldest of many, Mm -hmm. but the original is just me and my brother. He's two years younger than I am. And then um, after, you know, kind of when I was a teenager, um, my dad remarried. and Well, not remarried. He had like a girlfriend and had a kid with her. And then my mom, at that point, she did remarried and I kind of settled. And she had two children with this man. She's now divorced again. <laughs> and then my dad, um, in the, like he had uh, my sister and then that relationship lasted for a minute. And then remarried a Colombian woman, which I love this woman. I love her to death because she transformed my dad. So he's now settled and has been married for over like, 13 years and um, has, I have a six year old brother. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have a six year old brother and a like, that must be really interesting having a six year old brother at your, like, <laughs> you're like, this could be my child. It's, we joke. It's so funny because my kids are like, that's my Theo. Yes, that's your Theo. <laughs> so that's, that's my, my, my family life. That's my brother's and my sister's. Okay, so being the oldest, I mean, it was mostly you and your brother, right? And then when your mom had kids, yeah. they, that's your the core of who you lived with yes. growing up. Mm-hmm. So what were the expectations of your of that, being the oldest growing up? Or were they, or was it just being like the mama to everybody? Okay, this is a good question because I haven't looked back then in a while, but there was not really a lot of expectations because we were on survival, meaning my mom was cleaning houses my mom didn't drive until I was 13. So we took buses. We literally walked. If you guys have a reference of LA, I went to Shenandoah Elementary, which is on Cadillac. And we walked all the way back home many days back to Mid-City on Jefferson and Adams. Because, I mean, I don't know why, but I'm looking back, I think it was the money. My mom did not want to send money on the bus. Right. Because she was spending the money to get to work on the bus. Got it. So um, there was not many expectations. We were just surviving, you know, going, took us to school. Burley took us to school, took us to the, you know, before care and aftercare program at 6 a.m., dropped off, went to school, went to the aftercare program, came to pick pick us up around 4 4 o'clock because she would clean houses, so she would be done around 2 or 3. Come to pick us up and walk back home, and we would just do homework and eat and the expectations were helping her clean 
that was my thing. Like that was our thing. That was my thing. That was, I felt that was my responsibility was like to help my mom keep the house tidy. Did you ever have to go with her to work and help her clean at like at her jobs? Oh yes. I was, I was about to say, I would assume so. Yes. But yes. So how did that affect you when you would go to school? Like, would you, is that something you were able to leave at home? Cause I can see a lot of kids not being able to leave that at home or using that as an, or using school as an escape. It can go one way or the other, like either being so worried about like money because they see that their, their mom struggling with it so much and carrying that weight to school or saying, this is the only time I don't have to think about that and using that as an escape. Where were you? Within that? Looking back, I'm, I'm telling you, these are amazing questions because I've never like had to look back that deep. I think I was, to be honest with you, I don't know where I was, but like from my perspective now, I think I was just like surviving. It wasn't like an awareness. I wasn't feeling anything. Mm-hmm. I was just going to school like a robot, like going to school, getting things done, had friends here and there. But because this is something I do know for sure that it's bringing the, the awareness is here now because I didn't have a solid like connection or rooted root to my parents it was survival I never was able to build rooted relationships in elementary you know what I mean I would never go to play dates or like these best friends and have these like relationships with anybody because there was no sense of that at home gotcha it wasn't until I was in high school that I did it for myself when you became aware of it yes yes because a lot of kids like I actually still have friends from elementary school and a lot of times you Especially when you grow up in the same area, you, your ten, your friends tend to follow you. You have your elementary, your middle school, high school, and then usually when you go to college, that kind of changes. Yeah. So take me through high school and and then like your post high school education, or if there was any, yeah. like what when you became aware of that and started making those relationships, did that? open up like your eyes in regards to how other people's lives were home lives were and how did that make you feel or and did that kind of shift anything within you during high school so again great questions <laughs> I love it um it was a very interesting journey because I I want to I want to tap in a little bit in my middle school years because right around that time that's when my mom got remarried and my dad like found this woman right so um, my mom was like, she checked, she kind of checked out and she went to live to Long Beach with her man and she got pregnant. Um, she got pregnant with my sister and all of that. Right. At that time, I literally kind of became like an orphan. I, my mom left, left to Long Beach, so I'm not going to uproot myself. Right. I'm so who were you staying with? With then? my dad. Okay. But my dad was like a bachelor. And he was working and kind of dating. So there was really nobody looking after my brother and I. So I, in the middle school years, I kind of just like dove into school, but I ended up with the round crowd. But I was very aware. I was always aware. I was never oblivious. Mm-hmm. I was very aware of my internal guidance system. Like, you know, Pinocchio, the conscious. Like, yeah. I was aware of that. So I knew right from wrong. Yet I decided that I needed to fit in because I didn't have a route. So I went with these people and I ended up like teaching school. I ended up having sex way too early, way too early because I just wanted to feel connected. 
I was 13 when I first had my first sexual relationships because I just wanted to like feel like somebody was there for you in any way. Yeah. And he was way older than I was. So I ended up with the wrong crowd. I, from the grace of God, from all of my friends, I was the only one that did not get pregnant. All of my friends got pregnant at, at that time, um, eighth grade. Oh my gosh. I eighth grade got pregnant, like 14, 15, not even 15 got pregnant. Let's fast forward to the summer of like me, like transitioning into high school. I went to Mexico that summer and that's when I got, that's when I found out that my mom was pregnant with my sister and it was very traumatic for me. Cause I was like, damn, like this is like, I really am alone now. Like I'm really going to be alone. And so when I got back from Mexico, I went like hard, even harder with this relationship. Like it got really bad. Like not bad meaning like I was just doing gone, bong gone, crazy, having sex, ditching school. Like literally, Jay, like going to abandoned apartments to like hang out with this dude. Are you serious? And having sex. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I mean, there's a whole journey with sex with me. Yeah. And there's a lot that I've learned through sex. And that's a huge part of like now, like I, we're going to have to have another episode just on that, that sex thing. Cause there's a, it's very transformative. Um, but didn't feel anything when this was happening. It was just like very, just like I was just laying there. <laughs> um, so yeah. Because you wanted to feel a connection, but yeah. there was no connection. You didn't understand what that was. You're 13, 14 years yeah. old. So then fast forward, my mom gives birth to my sister and I'm like 13 years old at this point. And it's just me, my mom, and the boyfriend's kind of in and out because we live in a single apartment. Me and my mom and my sister live in a single apartment. And she, I am taking care of a three month old at 13 because my mom needed to work. I was a very responsible person. So she, my mom trusted me to take care of a 13 year old, a three month -month old baby. So at that time, I remember this is where, this is where a huge transformation happened for me. And it was, I call it my first like kind of awakening because um, she leaves and the boyfriend lives in the front house. We live in the back house. So I was taking care of my sister and the boyfriend comes over and I'm having sex. And he catches you having sex. My mom catches us having sex. Wait, with her boyfriend? With my boyfriend. Oh, with your, I was about to say, oh my gosh, I'm going into Jerry Springer territory. Okay. No, 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 my boyfriend. Okay, your mom catches you having sex with your boyfriend. Yes. Okay. And it was so traumatic. It shook me so hard that at that point, I was like 14, I think, right before I was going to go into high school. I like deep down vowed it that I was never going to, I wasn't going to have sex. So some like you were dedicating your life to being a nun. Yes, I was like no more because I was so shook. Yeah, so that's mortifying. That was mortifying, and so that kind of like that was like the catalyst for me to like literally take ownership of my life. So I went into high school with a very different mentality. I literally felt like I was doing my time. I was like, go into high school, go do your time, get out of here. Like these people are not real. Just go do your work dive into work, you know, like I was very detached from the whole high school environment. I never drank the Kool-Aid, basically. Gotcha. So that's when I dedicated myself. It was like my first like self-discovery. I was, I became, I took photography for four years, which I love and dove into the arts again. I was like, whatever, like I, I did, I did sports. I love to run. I did um, the yearbook club, that whole thing. I went into the arts program. Okay, so fast forward, you're graduating, 
do you pursue secondary education? Do you go outside? Do, do you like, okay, I'm going to do something beyond high school or you're just like, screw this. Oh my God. So because I'm so dedicated to myself at this point, right? I took AP classes. I was like a straight A student and I pursue, you know, you do your SATs and you, the, you do the, whatever you're supposed to do when you're in like high school. Right. I applied to a few colleges, I applied to UCLA. I applied to UC uh, Cal State. I applied to uh, Santa Barbara. And that last, like, junior, like, half, the second part of junior year and senior year, I joined a program where I was taking classes at UCLA. Because at this point, like, I'm literally, like, so woke at 16, 17. I'm like, I know that I have a path. And deep down in my heart, I really, my passion was being um, a major in communications. I wanted to be, like, a journalist. I wanted to be, I wanted to speak. I wanted to uh, share stories. I storyteller. Storyteller. So I just knew that that's what I needed to do. Oh, and Cal State Northridge. Um, so I applied to these schools. I get accepted to Cal State Northridge in a heartbeat because of my grades and whatever, did the grants and, you know, qualified. I got accepted to UCLA. So I remember that I was so excited yet so naive. I'm like waiting for you to tell me where you go. Where did you decide to go? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm like, come on, I'm up into needles. So I get, I started getting the grants and everything. And some major shit happens in my life right at senior year. And I end up going to Santa Monica College because I just, I somehow, some way, I just wasn't like financially some deep shit at home with my dad. Because at that point I was with my dad, was going down. My dad was very controlling very like he did not like he did not believe in me mm-hmm. i had a i had two jobs i was like i was trying i was doing me and he was just he wanted to keep me so contained that at that point i literally like i did not have an option but to go to Santa Monica college so deep down inside i felt like that was something that i was never ever to fulfill was major like higher education for myself because i really felt that and I know it now, looking back, that I had a different journey for myself. We all have different journeys. So, I mean, I totally get when you feel like you're somebody doesn't believe in you, how much that can affect you. So how did you get through that journey and get into interior design? Oh, my God. <laughs> so um, because I was I, I've always lived off of like my intuition and that gut feeling, mm-hmm. I knew I needed to leave that home. So I, my birthday is in November and I remember so clear as day. And I believe to this point, I know I could look back and I know that I've been guided for every, like everything has been guided for me. Um, I remember right around the corner, there was this apartment, me so oblivious. I had two jobs, but I just, I was that dry, that, that beautiful blissful. Like I know that I'm being like, I know I'm supposed to be like, things are just going to line up. Um, I didn't know that then. But I know that now. <laughs> so I go to this and there's well, a hindsight apart- 2020, right? Hindsight 2020. I go and there's this apartment, this single for rent. Back then. Wait, how old were you at this point? 17. Okay. I had a car. I had two jobs. Just had to graduate. You know, it was like. In your head, you're like, okay. I started Santa Monica College. Okay. And and you're, and you're in the midst of this controlling person that you yes. want to get away from. Yes. I mean, he literally, Jay, he fucking beat me. 
Oh my god. He like not beat me, but like he literally like emotionally me. beat you. No, he hit me. Oh, like and literally. He hit me after prom. What? Because he found out I went to prom. And he didn't want you going. To yes. Prom. So he hit me. But in hindsight, it was because I'm his like I'm his favorite. Everybody knows I'm his favorite. So he was like losing control of his his girl. I'm putting more wine in her bo- in her glass right now. <laughs> just saying. So I thought I thought she had enough, and I'm like, oh wait, we need to put some more wine in here. So he hit me. So I was in a space where like I needed to get out of this place. Yeah. So 17, I was driving by, and right around the corner there's a, a for rent sign, and I walk in, and it's a single, and at that time this single is four hundred dollars. Oh yeah, good old days. Good old days. <laughs> I walk in. I didn't I knock on the manager's thing. It was the day before my birthday that this happened. I knock and I was like, hey, so like, is it ready? She's like, yeah. I'm like, could I move in? And she didn't, she just like, didn't credit check me, didn't nothing. She just gave me the keys. She felt that. She felt the, the need, obviously. She gave me the keys. And I literally remember that day I went home. He went, he used to work at night. I went home. I packed on my shit and I moved out and he did not, I didn't give him any notice. And I remember we, dad and my dad and I did not talk for about a year and it wasn't because of me. It was because he was so prideful that I left his house Yeah, and I could see him driving by almost every night. Checking in on you. Yeah. So I move into this house. I start my like life and that's kind of where I end up. It's a, you know, for me, the interior design, it's a journey because I was working at the air, airport for a long time. And he got LAX. And that's where I met baby daddy. And also ex-husband, just, uh, you know, <laughs> that's where I met baby daddy. And that's how everything started with him. You know, like I, we, we fell in love. We got like, you know, married, we had kids and then, um, while I was like, we're trying to hustle, making, surviving, you know, we came out of nothing. He came out of nothing. I came out of nothing. And um, we just would like hustling and he found me a job. Actually, it was him. He sent me at that time, the Daily Breeze, the ads, mm-hmm. like there's a place in the interior, like, you know, whatever, like a, a receptionist went to this, this receptionist and I started, um, I started from the bottom, but it's always like, I call it the X factor. Like I've always had that X factor. You know what I mean? Like that hustle in me, that vision, that like, you know what I mean? Like I just make shit happen because yeah. I follow my intuition. So that's how I ended up in interior design. I started from the bottom and went straight into the marketing department and was traveling in within a, a year and a half was traveling the nation with national builders. And as I'm traveling and like, you know, learning, I'm learning about interior design because you're literally in, you're in it. Right. So that's how I start. You're eating, breathing. Yes. Everything is. And that's how I start interior design. I actually tried to go back to school at one point. Went back to try to go back to Otis, which is an art school Mm -hmm. for interior design. And I did. I did like a a full semester. But I just, at that time, I had my baby. He was like two years old. So I was working. I was going to Otis. And I had Joshua, which he was like two or three at that time. And I just, deep down inside, I was like, I don't need this. I already know this. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm working this. So I was there for 11 years. And this is the most recent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that brings it. You recently got laid off. Yes. That's never an easy thing. But how did that, like, 
being there. And I know being your friend and, and having these conversations with you, you were kind of already like trying to figure out if this is where you wanted to be, or if you wanted to quit, if you wanted to do something else, but being kind of forced into that by being laid off, how did that play into your psyche? It was like my higher self and my human self having a battle because deep down inside, I knew that it was time for me to leave my nine to five because I have this other thing that I need to be doing. I knew it deep down inside, but my human side was fucking freaking out because as you said, I'm a single mother of three. How the fuck am I going to like feed my kids? So I've, Literally, like, had a, it was, like, spirit telling me, bitch, you need to walk the talk. You're the spiritual person that you say you are. How much are you going to trust me? So it was, like, literally, and I think I actually saw you guys that week. I saw you guys a Friday after I got laid off. Remember I went to the, the meet and greet? Yeah. And I know I was a little bit energetically off, but it was me deciding like, I still need to show up for myself. Like this is a, this is the test of my lifetime right now. Do I perceive, pursue my passion or do I literally like fall into a depression and not do anything about it? So it was really hard, but I gave myself literally like, cause it was, it, I got laid off. It was November 29th, Thanksgiving week, my birthday. Guy, that's such a hard, like, during the holidays, during your birthday, during it was like, my birthday, like, yeah, that's like <laughs> a triple during thanks Thanksgiving, Christmas is around the corner, and your birthday. That's like triple whammy. Yeah, I mean, how, so where do you feel like that? I know you're doing all of these other things. So what was the and and you, and let me tell you, this woman has hustled since that day, and she was already hustling, but. The hustle has just gone to another level since then. I know the kids were obviously a big motivating factor mm-hmm. because you're like, I got mouths to feed. I got a roof over my head I need to pay for. What was it like? I'm so glad you're saying you needed to show up for yourself because I think so many of us, I've been there. I've been laid off. I was laid off early in 2019 and that's what brought me back to San Diego. So to me, I looked at it as a great thing because something else so much better came of it mm-hmm. how like where are you right now in that in that struggle like how have you pivoted from that moment to where you are right now and kind of moving into a different direction it was a freaking visceral reaction in my body i it was like i i and i got tested i got tested because i remember it was after my birthday which you guys and it was, I had to make that conscious decision. Am I going to be sad or am I going to party? So I partied hot. I literally like, it was like containers of energy, containers of time. The beginning of the week, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to do all my paperwork. EDD, blah, blah, blah. Enjoy Thanksgiving. And then my birthday. I'm like, I am not going to like bring that energy into this space. So then I. Was that an easy thing? Because I know a lot of people, it's not necessarily an no. easy thing to do so. If somebody, say somebody was going through it, like, how would you, or how were you able to, because everybody's different, how were you able to kind of disconnect from the wave of emotion that was happening in, in something that was kind of, that could ultimately, like, upend your life mm-hmm. to just being like, you know what, this is, 
this, I need to do this for me, whether it's going out and partying for your birthday, whether it's starting this X, you know, like hustling to the nth degree, how do you separate that? So you're not bringing that funk into your new space. Okay. So this question is why I do what I do. It is building your connection to yourself and connection to source. When you start to connect at that level, you spiritually, mentally, physically start to decide how you want to, how you want to be in the energy in the time frame. I knew it, and how do I do it? It's just, it was something that I knew deep down inside. Like um, these two days, I want to cry it out. I have to. And after this, I need to snap out of it. And it's something because I've done, this is part of my journey. Like the whole, like the divorce and everything. It's like, I know for a fact that you either have two choices. You stay stuck and you live in depression and you live in your freaking grayness, gray, grayness, not greatness, in the gray cloud, or you decide to fucking take control of your emotions and have hope and have faith because there is so much out there. We get so stuck and like, this is all that there is. But once you open up that vision, source, God starts to provide and you have to fucking trust that. So it was me literally like walking the talk. Do I trust this journey? It was spirit was giving me the ultimate journey of my lifetime. You've asked for, you asked for this. You've asked to be a healer. You asked to be a service. I'm going to provide for you now. Do you trust me? And it has been that ever since. I love hearing because I feel the same way. I always feel that when we're, when we're in a, in a funk, you can stay in there and you can wallow in it, but that doesn't get you anywhere. That just keeps you in the hole versus like, okay, you can wallow for a minute. Yes. That's totally fine. Like I, I, you know, myself and I've told friends, like, feel what you need to feel, feel, go through it, feel what you need to feel. You've been witness to me feeling what I needed to feel at the moment. <laughs> and then, you know, you got to like kind of lift yourself up by the bootstraps and be like, okay, I, I'm done with that. And it's not always easy. Mm-mm. It's not always easy because sometimes I know I've been in the position where I'm just like, okay, well, I've, okay, I think I want to get out of this hole or I know I want to get out of this hole, but how do I do it? And and what do I do next? And sometimes it's just as easy as just doing something, right? Oh, so for me, that I call that energetic shock. I shock myself. It's like a little bit of fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I had to do for my birthday. Because I was fucking like not, I was literally like devastated. Like I was at this place for 11 years of my life working in this location. And I had phone calls from people like, oh, do you want to do the lawyers? And like, and I said, no, I don't not carrying that karma. I'm fucking starting new. And I cried it out. I did what I had to do. And then I shocked myself. I'm like, fuck this. I am going to live in the moment. It is my birthday. I deserve, I worked hard and I wasn't feeling it at the beginning, Mm -hmm. but just getting myself out there created an opportunity for me to bring new energy into my face. Cause if you picture energy, we're literally like a big ball, right? Right. And it's like, like a big bubble. And then the energy is kind of flowing around. So, you know, I've gone through something traumatic. I've created like this gunkness. I created some greatness. Where's this energy going? It's nowhere. It's in this fucking bubble. So what do you do? You fucking break the bubble, 
by doing something new. And it's called energy shocking. And I call it, I really do this in my, in what I do. I, I shock people. I'm like, go get out, go put on some makeup, go do your hair, like do something, mm-hmm. do something new to let this energy out and bring some new in. And as you're letting the new in, it pushes out that energy. It's all about feeling good. It's about starting to feel good. And once you start to feel good, you start to bring in, you start to attract different things in your, in your field. So that's, that's what I do. I think that's my passion. Like that's something that I know for sure works. Shock yourself, go for a walk, go for a drink, go to your girlfriend's house. You don't have to, you don't have to even spend money. Do something different. Try something new that week. Go to your girlfriend's house, have some wine, go for a walk. That's how you change. That's how you do that. That's how you chop yourself out of being in a funk. And then obviously having a good support system. And um, I'm a really hard person to have support system because we've talked about this, you know, being who we are. But, you know, just being able to talk to someone about it is a good, a good source. Yeah. Other than shocking yourself. I mean, because you are so connected with yourself, was there a lesson to be learned or have what, like, what did this kind of teach you this moment of being forced out of something that you had done for so long and having being forced to like figure out a different way to provide for your family. Like, did it, was there a moment where you're like, Oh wait, I didn't know this about myself. Or did you have any of those moments where you're like kind of had a a light bulb moment of learning of something from this? A thousand percent. What would you say that is? I didn't know that I had been in me to create with so much passion. Really? Yeah. I just see you as such a passionate person. So it's so interesting to me that you say that because, and maybe it's because I don't, I never saw you as an interior designer. I saw you as like your energetic work and Mm -hmm. your healing work that you're so passionate about that. So maybe that's just why I get that, but it just has leveled up even that much more. It's this, I can't even explain it, Jay. I can't even explain it and just talk like, and it's not the drinks. It's this, (laughs) <laughs> it's not the drinks it's this feeling that it makes me want to cry because it's like it's when you start to heal yourself nurture your soul start to tap into your intuition you go on this higher vibration level of existing and you choose to embrace your gift and when you choose this we just talked about it it's like you feel like J-Lo. Like, I could create anything. I could keep on going. My schedule is I so... I want to feel like J-Lo. <laughs> My schedule's so crazy lately with, like, how much I'm healing and how much I'm out there because it's... You're literally, like, you're vibrating out of your core essence. Yeah. And that's... I didn't... I felt... I was... I knew deep down inside when I was in my job towards the last few months, I was fucking dying. I was like exhausted. I was like, I felt it. Yeah. And it's like, I've, a lot of people see it and you, a lot of people have seen like, like what has been going on with you? Like you've been on fire and it's because, and to me, it's like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I just, I'm so activated. I'm always like, boom, 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 boom. Like it's just coming out. Yeah. Effortlessly. So. Okay. So let me tell on the flip side, like I don't see being laid off. I don't even see being fired as a failure because I feel like you always mm-hmm. learn something from mm-hmm. it. So what, if you could name one thing, like, and it doesn't necessarily have to be work-related, it could be work-related, 
uh, or maybe you do see that as a failure. I personally don't because I've learned so much. I've been fired before I've been laid off. Um, but if you were to say, like, look back on this experience and everything, and you could say, you know what, I've really failed at that. And it's okay because mm-hmm. I think in order to succeed, you have to fail, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what actually, let me change that up. What have you failed at that has created more success for you? Because you've realized what you needed to kind of pivot to. <laughs> you probably like, I see the huge smile in my face right now. I do. <laughs> I literally like, I was like, I like this question. <laughs> um, my marriage. You don't have to say anything else. Yep. That's all you need to say. Yep. That's awesome. I mean, guy. So, okay, then what makes you cur- Like, with all of this, you have so much stuff in front of you, right? You are pivoting more towards your healing work, towards your energetic work, towards your uh, merchandising, the stuff that you have. Um, and we'll make sure to put all of this in the show notes and links to everything that Cindy does. What, like, gets you excited and what makes you really curious right now? Hmm. Oh my God. But it's what's exciting me right now, it's gonna be curious, is the shift in consciousness that the world's going through. Positively or negatively? Both. Both. I guess it depends on the way you look at it, huh? A hundred percent. Gotcha. All right. Now, Cindy, we're going to the serious stuff. No, not the serious stuff. This is kind of like the easy peasy. Like I just, I'm so, first of all, let me just say thank you so much for sharing that because I learned so much about you tonight. I really did. There's so much that I didn't, I mean, some of the stuff I definitely knew. Some of the stuff I had no idea. And I'm so happy that you shared your your past your like your foundation like you were saying your foundation of how you grew up because all of those things lead to where we are and you know unfortunately sometimes and what I would love to what I love to see is I feel like sometimes people have traumatic backgrounds and they use that as a crutch or they use that as an excuse you use that as motivation and that I think is so inspiring because I know I've done both. I, for, I, you know, I've done both. I've used it where I'm like, oh, well, it's not my fault, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, wait, wait, no, nobody's not going to tell, nobody's going to tell me what I can't do. So I've, I've had both, but, um, you know, I haven't gone into my background yet. That will be a future podcast. But, um, but just the fact that you have been through so many things and you've had, you didn't have very much of a stable childhood and to let that motivate you to be, to do what you've done and, you know, to take the opportunities. That's always the key, I think, right? Is you see an opportunity and you take it and you make the most of it. You run with it. You would, you didn't just let it sit in front of you. Am I missing anything? A hundred percent. And I'm so, you know, again, I have to reiterate that this is, so different for me because I've never talked about my past. I don't ever. I haven't. Well, the purpose, I mean, honestly, the purpose of the podcast is to really talk about 
you know, people that are making changes in the world, whether it's a small change or a big change and, and the chain reactions of that. And by what you're doing and by the energy work and the healing work that you do, you make changes, you know, you shake things up. And by sharing your story, you could be changing the world of one person. And that's really what the whole purpose of this podcast is. Um, it did, I don't want it to be, obviously there's some wonderful stories that I would love to hear from people who are, who are big, but ultimately it's the everyday people that I want to be able to share their stories because there's so many remarkable stories that have not been told. And I feel like that's my purpose is to be able to um, amplify those stories and share those stories. So people know that, Hey, that person's just like me, they've had a hard time and whatever, and, and don't give up. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So let's go, let's go into the fun stuff. <laughs> let's do the okay. Fun stuff. We're gonna, these are going to be like some questions we're going to ask everybody and you get to be the first. Yay. What is your favorite word? Um, activation. What is your favorite curse word? I have two. Go ahead and say both. Fucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking shit. (laughs) Okay, so what is your favorite go-to order at your favorite restaurant? Well, you live in Redondo Beach, but you live in West L.A., so let's go both. Your favorite in West L.A. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Um, I haven't been in West L.A. in a long time, but I used to order these enchiladas de mole. It was on a restaurant on Washington. Those were my favorite. It was on, it's what's Culver City now. It was like mm-hmm. my favorite enchiladas and mole right there. In Redondo Beach, um, I love my burritos from Fanny's. Burritos from Fanny's. Any type of burrito? Uh, no meat at avocado oh. with a lavender latte on the side. Oh, so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, wine, red or white? White. What kind? Chardonnay. Do you have a brand? No, I'm not a fancy white person. As long as, sorry, I'm starting my words already. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a fancy wine person. As long as it doesn't taste like bitter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fancy wine person too. I just like what I like. Yeah, me too. And sometimes that's a $10 bottle of wine. Who cares? This is amazing. Okay. You you know what I do like? What? uh, Butter Pond. Butter Pond Chardonnay. From Trader Joe's. Oh, I love Trader Joe's. Five ninety nine, baby. They're really good. It's really okay. Good. Well, there you have it. There is uh, Cindy's favorite Chardonnay from Trader Joe's. We love Trader Joe's. And again, um, I we are drinking this evening. We are drinking Campo Viejo. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me also non say it without the accent. Campo Viejo. Campo Viejo. <laughs> is a Rioja. Uh, from Spain, and it's a reserve 2014. Cindy, thank you so much for being here and for being my guest today. It has been so enlightening. It really has. I've learned so much, and I can't, I mean, I'm so excited for what the future holds for you because it's, you have, list all your brands before we go. List all the things that you do, and if you have a website, list that, and then we'll make sure to put all of this in the show notes so you can reach Cindy as well. Yes. So um, my Instagram is at Cindy Kanek, uh, aka the mommy goddess. And I am a creator of the following Divina by CC, Magical Bitch, 
Sacred Spaces and Mujeres Mágicas. And those will all be in the show notes. And if you are somebody who believes in energetic work and you, I've had actual readings from Cindy um, on Skype. And it, let me tell you, it was really crazy um, in a good way, in the best way possible. So if that's something that you're into, you can reach her uh, through direct message on her Instagram. Again, we will include that in the show notes and she can get back to you in regards to scheduling and pricing and all of that wonderful stuff. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Wine and Cheese Mate podcast. Until next time. Bye. Thank you so much, Cindy, for coming on the podcast today. I know it couldn't have been easy to share some really personal things about yourself, but I am so confident in where this new direction in your life is going. I'm so happy that you were able to share with us and all of the information that Cindy shared will be in the show notes. I know that I've gone through some very difficult times and I'm sure I'm not the only one who has. So I hope that Cindy's story was able to resonate with you. Speaking of stories. Do you have a story that needs to be told or know someone who does? If so, please reach out to me via my social media channels. You can reach me on Instagram at The Wine and Chisme or on Facebook at The Wine and Chisme Podcast because I want to hear your story. Remember, if you do want to hear more Wine and Chisme, please subscribe. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated and those five stars are appreciated even more. But until next time, mi gente. Saludos.